All right, ATP Podcast, episode 24. My guests today, both returning guests, Alexis and Tyler from Absolute Kinetics PT. I've had you on separately, but now we're going to try and do this all one together. Yeah. And you guys just had a big new uh, move here into this new awesome space. Uh, we're audio only, so no one's going to be able to see it, but it's uh, quite the substantial space to do what you guys are doing. you got a rack in here, and I should say, given in the business, you, you both are physical therapists. Uh, you're a general, Alexis, and yeah. you're a pelvic health specialist, yep. Tyler. Yeah. So what was kind of, you kind of told me, but what was like the reason for heading where you're at right now? Yeah, so funny enough, the last time I was on the podcast, you had asked me about hiring and bringing PTs on. I was yeah. like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. And then like a week later, <laughs> Tyler reaches out to me and... I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a perfect fit. And I'm laughing at myself because we had literally just had that conversation. Um, So Tyler came on, I think we started in September. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she started treating clients and at the time we were splitting time between two spaces and it worked okay. Mm -hmm. You know, she would see people at one space while I was at the other. um, And then we'd try and meet up to do like a weekly meeting, make sure everything was going okay. But it just, I don't know, some things were happening and you know there's like signs in life sometimes where you're like maybe this is the time I'm not sure I'm ready but everything's feeling like it's leading me towards I think we need to move into our own space yeah. you know things are really working out well with having Tyler on the team I think we work really well together but it's a challenge to be in two separate spaces mm-hmm. and you know when you're in business for a while and you're subleasing you start to notice the little things like you don't have control over mm. um and we loved where we were renting but it still wasn't our space yeah you know and so you don't have control from the moment the person walks in the door until they leave over their experience there are things that are out of your control Um, And so I was just feeling that pull towards, I think it's time for us to be in our own space. I think it's time for us to take on, you know, the ability to be able to control that entire patient environment. I want to create the, and I'm big on like the vibe of a space and Mm -hmm. how people feel from the moment they walk in. Are they comfortable? Do they feel like they belong? Um, And so I wanted to make sure we could create that type of environment not only for you know our orthopedic patients, but Tyler does work with a more sensitive population. Yeah. People who are coming in with pelvic health mm-hmm. problems mm-hmm. often need a little bit more of that sensitive atmosphere. And so we wanted to be able to create that as well. So I think there were a lot of little signs and I just said, okay, well, I'm gonna explore. Is yeah. this feasible? Is this something we could do right now? Is there a space that would fit our needs? Um, and so I reached out to a friend who is a real estate agent and I just said, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Just throw me some ideas. Let, let me see what's out there, you yeah. know? So he sent me a bunch of spaces and he sent this one and I was like, we need to go see it. I mean, it's perfect location and it's kind of right smack dab between the two places that we were. So we're not mm-hmm. moving to a totally different part of the city or anything like that. Um, And so Tyler and I came over and checked it out and had a good feeling about it and Mm -hmm. ended up working out a lease and got to work on making it our own. So was this, was this the vision or like, was this what you decided after you saw the space? Did you kind of already have an idea what you, like you said, you kind of gave them your vision, but is this pretty close to what you were? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, once we actually saw the space, I was able, like, this is what I was picturing all along. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if everyone else saw what I was picturing, but it was in my mind. Um, but yeah, I think 
you know, we've I've always tried to be pretty consistent with my branding. Uh, yeah. And so I think I kind of knew what that would look like in terms of its own space. Um, but bringing that to life was really fun and interesting. And we definitely, I think anytime you move into a space, you have to play a little with what you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the downfalls is that we don't have a window to outside, but we have these wonderful skylights, mm, which yeah. make you not even really notice that there's not a window to outside. It's true, and yeah, and the big windows coming in. And so I loved all the natural light. I love that it feels so open. Um, and so I think that lended well to like what I was visualizing too. Yeah. So for, for people listening that can't see, they've, they've got a pretty, I don't know what would you say, the square foot is. It's about 1300, 1300 square feet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you got those two, the two main, uh, patient tables yeah 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 Yeah. and then some some of the miscellaneous exercise equipment some stability balls and medicine balls and then what i like you guys have even a squat rack in here set up with some plates and a barbell and then another private room so it looks like yeah you can do quite a variety of things Mm -hmm. for what you guys Mm -hmm. and your unique approach to physical therapy yeah i'm sure having that space for what you do is is Mm -hmm. huge yeah yeah Absolutely. Do you guys ever see many of the same patients now that you're in the same space? Do you, is like there any overlap? People yeah. that we were seeing before. Or no, like I'm, we I'm treat assuming. The same I'm, well, first, I guess, did most of your clientele follow you over? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody was fine with that. that. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably even an upgrade, and they were, yes, they were happy. Yeah, to help yeah. Them. It's it was really cool, especially like the first two weeks. Everybody walking in and being like, "Wow!" <laughs> like you can just see that they're like excited for us and yeah. liked the space. So that was especially after working so hard on it, was really rewarding to mm-hmm. see the patients be able to come in and enjoy it too. Yeah. yeah. Do you, So do you ever though share like patients or does anyone come in? I was, I was curious. I asked Tyler this when we talked. Yeah, like yeah. occasionally, you know, Tyler said, hey, can you like kind of consult on this? Yeah. Or I will see someone and I'm like, ah, I think there might be something. Can you do mm-hmm. an assessment with mm-hmm. them? Um, I try and screen people before I even see them if I think they're appropriate. Yeah. If they're coming to me with hip pain, back pain, I try and ask all those like pelvic health screening questions. That way I can just get them right to Tyler if they mm-hmm. need it. Okay. Um, but Tyler just recently did training in dry needling, yeah. so she oh, doesn't yeah? need me to do that for her anymore. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah I used awesome. to be like, oh, you need like all of this dry needle, just go to Alexis. Yeah. <laughs> and now she does it herself. I know. So, it's yeah, it's do, awesome. do you guys ever ever try and do it on yourself? No. no. That's oh, I do. No. No. So, you oh do. my god. Oh, okay. <laughs> but only oh, like god. I've only done like my calves and around like my knees. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't like dry needle my own neck or anything like that. So there was a girl in the so I just took the class like maybe a month or ago, two weeks ago. I don't know. Some, <laughs> Time is a funny thing is. nowadays. Some, it's like a little bit you ago. Took the class. It was the first weekend in March, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, there was a girl there who, like, we were all going around and just, like, telling our experience with dry needling. Pretty much no one had experience because it was the first class. Level one, yeah. And so there was this one girl who was like, yeah, I mean, I just have, like, this upper neck pain that I just have to dry needle my own upper trap. And the teacher was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I don't do that. I have done my own calves desperate times. Yeah, I would not. (laughs) And now I just can her to it yeah. yeah you got each other to work <laughs> yeah, with yes. yeah yeah do you use it very often with your patients either of you do i you, actually people... thought that i would be using it more yeah i don't really there's like very few times where i'm like mm, let's needle that because yeah. it's still like just a tool right mm-hmm. so it's just a tool to basically do what i was doing a little bit more efficiently mm-hmm. 
um, but I don't use it anymore any less. Like I was just doing like more manual stuff, mm. but now I can use like dry needling that's a little bit more direct. Yeah. And mm. Maybe a little bit more quicker than just doing it with my hands. And so, we'll yeah. elaborate a little bit on what that is too. And yeah. I'll let you guys do it because you were the experts in it. Yeah. So yeah. I'll kind of explain to people listening, like what is that if they've never heard that before? So we use um, acupuncture needles. Mm -hmm. So they're the very thin needles, um, but the philosophy behind it and the treatment technique is very different than acupuncture mm -hmm. and actually depending on the, the physical therapist you see and depending on where they were trained they might use different mm -hmm. techniques and explain the philosophy differently there is a lot of um, disagreement in the PT world on like whether dry needling is effective mm -hmm. and you know how you should be doing it and how you shouldn't be and so depending on who you ask you'll get a different answer on like yeah. how they perform dry needling um, but basically the way I explain it to my patients is we're going to find muscles that are tight. Maybe they're not activating as well. We put that needle into the muscle and the idea is we're trying to bring some blood flow to the area, mm -hmm. get that muscle to almost like reset. Okay. Um, and that's the, the goal of the dry needling. So we use it for pain, muscle tightness, um, anything like that. But it, like Tyler said, it is a tool. Yeah. Um, I don't use it with everyone. I initially with people will gauge whether <laughs> they feel like if they're really uncomfortable with needles. We yeah. don't even go there um, because at the end of the day, all of the manual stuff we're doing, we're really getting into that nervous system, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not breaking up adhesions. We're not lengthening short muscles. Like those are all kind of outdated thought processes. What we're really doing is telling that nervous system to calm down. Because most mm. of the time that muscle guarding comes from some sort of pain experience, whether we're having it at that moment or not, um, our muscle kind of muscles kind of go into that protective guarding state. So what we're trying to do is break that pattern. Um, and we can do that with cupping. We can mm -hmm. do that with massage. Mm -hmm. We can do it with dry needling. Yeah. Different people respond better to different modalities. So my goal is always to look at that person in front of me and figure out what their beliefs are about it. Mm. If they've had a negative experience, if there's someone who's just like, I, like you can just tell that they're really nervous, it's not going to be as beneficial, right? Yeah. So we're going to try something else. Mm -hmm. um, and really at the end of the day, after you do the dry needling, you've got to make the person move, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to capitalize on whatever movement we gain, however we loosen up those muscles, we got to move and we got to capitalize on that right away. So it's not a standalone treatment either. Yeah. So you probably don't get many people that come to you just for, they, they don't come in requesting dry needling. Um, you, we do. Yeah, we okay. do. And like, I have some folks who um, I will do more manual on if I know, if I've been treating them for a long time and they're doing it more on like a maintenance, like um, this just helps me feel my best, mm. but they exercise regularly, they're in a good routine, they've got a trainer or they're going to some class on a regular basis, whatever mm. it might be, I'm fine to focus more on the manual stuff with them if I know they're doing the work outside. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's someone who's coming to me with like an acute issue, each visit I try and back off that manual work mm -hmm. and do more movement based stuff. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like the people who come here, they're not lifelong patients. Now mm -hmm. I want them to come back if they have an issue. I want them to send their friends to us. I want them to trust us. But like, you're not coming here every week or once a month for the rest of your life. That's yeah. not the goal. I want to give you those tools. 
to you know do those things on your own. So. No, I get you there. Yeah, I, I I don't do the dry needling. Like mm -hmm. the most basic thing we do with is like foam rolling, stretch and massage right. and things sure. like that. But I always tell everyone like, if you feel like you're always needing it. That, and you're depending on it, and then yes. you should question why you're right. always eating it. And Absolutely. Not, yeah. Like yeah. If, if it's someone that I just like it, this is therapeutic for me, makes yes. me feel good, sure, yeah. why not? Yeah. But if, if it's like I'm always in pain and this helps yes. it go away, great, let's get you out of pain, but let's figure out how to not get you in yeah. pain right. in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. There's some underlying thing that's not being addressed. Yeah. If, if you got a foam roll for 15 minutes before you can, you know, even start your warm up or whatever, that's yeah, a problem. Exactly. Um, and something else is going on. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do have those people who like they'll come in, um, and it's so it's so hard too because it's like it really just depends on the person. Yeah. Oh, um, that's so like we're very very individualized mm -hmm. in our plans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what I like about your your guys' practice mm -hmm. specifically is like the way that you break down and it's like you're coming in and you're just going like, well, hold on, we don't know yet. Like, yeah. let me let me mm -hmm. figure this out with mm -hmm. you. Let's you do your movement assessments. You figure out all kinds of things. Yes. Um, yeah. Before we move on from the needling, I just I like to get everyone's take. So what what is the mechanism that you think from the needle? Like, what is that stimulation creating that causes mm -hmm. us to? in a sense, heal in certain ways right. from those. So we were trained with different, mm -hmm. uh, from different companies. So what did they yeah. talk to you guys about? With so they training? really talked about just like changing kind of the the chemistry in the muscle. Okay. And really getting like into the trigger point. And mm -hmm. they described it really well, like a, um, it's like a control delete. Okay. Needling. So like if you think about it like a computer, yeah, it's literally like restarting everything and then kind of going back to how we were just talking about. You need to also do things that are going to reinforce what you just did. Mm -hmm. So doing like the therapeutic exercise or the other types of manuals or things that, you know, is going to be more reinforcing for everything that you just worked on is more of like the um, software update to everything. Okay. So that's kind of like our whole take on it. From I um, got trained through my pain. Okay. So that's just one of the mm -hmm. many places that you can go. Yeah, but. yeah. And I mean, it was very similar the way, yeah. I can't even remember, it's been a long time. I, I can never think of the name of the, and I, it was an old employer, <laughs> they brought them in, so I wasn't like going specifically to a place yeah. like what Tyler did, and it was years ago when I did my first training, but, um, they explained it very similarly, mm -hmm. like you're really trying to reset that muscle. Yeah. And they kind of talked about like, and I don't know, I mean, this is their theory, right? So this is all theory. Yeah. A lot of this stuff, and this is where a lot of the controversy comes from amongst therapists, is it's very hard to research. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's very hard to research what's actually going on there. Their theory was that it's almost like a micro trauma to the muscle, right? That's so, what I've heard. Yeah, so it's gonna bring blood flow, it's gonna bring some of those like healing chemicals that you would get if mm -hmm. you had a cut or if you had, um, you know, some sort of injury, right? So uh, there's a big thing now too around like icing, like trying not to ice yes. because then you're I've impeding been... the healing mm -hmm. and you need some sort of inflammation. So basically you're creating that inflammatory process in that muscle yeah. so that it can reset and heal. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how they explained it. Yeah, I've heard the, the micro trauma and then someone else told me it was like, you're able to manually pull apart fascia, which allows the blood to get in there better. I don't know if that's I don't at think all that's, what you... That yeah, probably that wouldn't be how else? I would describe it, but okay. yeah. yeah. I don't, like I said, I, I've just been trying to get everyone's take because I've never taken the course myself mm -hmm. to see like, oh, what is it? I mean, for me, it's like, well, if it feels like it works, then I'm not too right. concerned yeah. with this is how much or why necessarily. Right. And I think that's where, um, and I don't know, Tyler, if you feel this way, but that's kind of where I fall when it comes to like 
PTs are really bad about arguing with each other on like mm -hmm. social media and whatnot about dry needling is crap. It doesn't work. Why are you still doing this to your patients? There's yeah. no research to back it up. And I'm like, all right, well, I think I started dry needling in 2016, like the beginning of 2016. So I've been doing it for a while. I've done it to a lot of people mm -hmm. and I would say 90% of them have some sort of improvement in their symptoms within 24 hours of yeah. having it done. Oh yeah. So if that's the case, do I really give a crap what the evidence, what the what randomized control study yeah. showed? Like mm -hmm. not really. I mean, I think there's a time and place for using that evidence in your practice, but you also, I think physical therapy is equal evidence and equal your experience as a clinician yeah. and how people have responded. Mm -hmm. Well, all research starts with anecdote anyway. People right. go, well, I feel like this is working. Let's figure out why. why? Yeah. 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 And, and the problem I have with like, randomized controlled trials is it's okay it is controlled mm -hmm. when in life do i get to control right. everything exactly <laughs> like, and they don't that doesn't I mean, mimic the yeah. real world situation and in no way shape or form have i ever read a pt study where they took into consideration whether the stu the subjects were sleeping whether what they were eating what their diet was mm -hmm. like they say they're controlled but i'm like they don't ever talk about those things are, yeah like what they're feeling in that moment right we don't know like if someone do we have we really looked at like their stress level when they're being needled yeah. like i don't know maybe there's a study out there about that and i haven't read it but i, it, I don't know that's where i kind of come down to like I, I think we need to just use it when it's appropriate and yeah. if people don't get better with it then you try something else yeah. yeah you brought up a good point about too like if it's like if they just don't like needles and no matter how much like the science says it's going to work if they don't believe it's going to work it's probably not, not gonna they're going to guard themselves off yeah, of it yeah. they're going to tighten that muscle up yep. more and be like i don't want to do this yeah yeah, yeah. it's absolutely i mean i've never forced anything on a patient right I absolutely would never force right or encourage really even dry needling if they aren't for trying it mm -hmm. we just move on yeah definitely now um, you, yeah. you some? no i was just gonna say so um with like um just in research in general like if we only go off of the evidence then physical therapy isn't even like gonna be around to be honest yeah, yeah our research is so bad it's really bad and it's probably a lot of to do with just the fact that there's not a lot of money in it mm -hmm. so the things that i think a lot of people just don't really know about or really understand is the things that get researched are the things that are going to bring money yes and so if in society like the things that we do don't cost a lot of money and they don't bring in a lot of money they're not going to get researched a lot your product isn't as tangible exactly mm -hmm. it's yeah. not material right, right. Exactly. Yeah. exactly exactly so it's not all about evidence-based evidence-based it's not all about that that's a very small part of it mm -hmm. it's you know yeah maybe there is some research or something that suggests that this could be a good idea but it's also about like she said the experience and what the patient values yeah so there's just a lot of different kind of moving parts to why we practice the way that we do oh, yeah and just the variability of humans I yeah mean, just to, like you said not everyone's gonna respond to say i mean there's a reason some people have allergies to certain foods and others don't. Okay, right. well, that's right there. So if you're yeah. trying to control a trial on that, it's like, well, you're already seeing variables that we can't control. Yeah. That we And we don't even necessarily have a full understanding of why. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Well, and it's amazing because you bring up a good point about like the allergies. So my son has a peanut allergy and I didn't realize how poorly understood food allergies were mm -hmm. until we started dealing with one. And mm -hmm. I'm like, they really don't know. It seems like these 
peanut allergies are a lot more prevalent than they used to be. We don't know why. Yeah. Um, you know, and everyone, as soon as they find out, well, did you eat peanut butter when you were pregnant? Yeah, I ate peanut butter <laughs> when I was pregnant. I ate peanut butter when I was breastfeeding. I don't have any idea why he's allergic to peanuts. Yeah. Like, no, no one in our family has food allergies. We don't know. So there's a lot of stuff that, like, we know this thing exists, or you know, and we can start to try and work towards some treatment, but... Yeah we're just never going to understand everything. We're never no. going to have that full picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of things like that I work with that you can't ethically research. Right. Yeah. Like it's you can't just... test much on like pregnant women. Yeah. No. Like at all. That's the, oh, that gets me. So <laughs> with oh, like pregnancy and every, there's so many people that are just afraid because the research doesn't show it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's because like, you can't ethically test things on pregnant women. It's yeah. not because this is necessarily bad for them. There's nothing bad about doing certain things, you know, while they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. It's just, especially kind of in the beginning, you want to maybe be careful. But then once they get past, you know, that first trimester, once they're in that second, yeah. that you can start to work with them a little bit more. And it, it's not a thing that people should be afraid of. And I, I see that so much, even in PT, mm -hmm. just like people are like, mm, I can't work with you because you're pregnant. I'm like, well, there's actually a ton of stuff that you can do. Yeah. And it's totally safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. well, since you guys deal with, with this kind of issue a lot, what do you think it is about like our obsession to want to know things concrete rather than just try and get a general understanding and be willing to accept that there's things we just don't know or we don't know yet or we're gonna have to do more work to find such out. That's a good question. Yeah, like, that's such a good question. Especially in the medical field, it's a big one because yeah. a lot of a lot of what we just, I, I've mm -hmm. gone through so much where like we just claim something and run with it and it's mm -hmm. like we never really confirm that 100%, yeah. right? Yeah. But we just take it as fact yeah. and, or all the time it's fact. Yeah. I think it's a lot to do with maybe, it depends on the person, but I think personally, like confidence and maybe ego. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like that some people aren't willing to admit that they don't know. Mm -hmm. And so they just see like the thing that makes sense to them and they just run with it. And like mm -hmm. they kind of look for signs that maybe confirm what they're thinking and don't really think outside the box. Yeah. Don't try to like. I don't know, dig deeper or mm -hmm. go into anything else. Yeah. I think that's super common. Yeah. yeah. I think there was a thing for so long too. I mean, and I, we might've even talked about this where people expect their doctors to know everything, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I think that's like a thing in our society where people are like, well, my doctor said this, my doctor said that. And yeah. there's a lot of stuff as, especially as I get more into this, like, holistic side of PT and out of that like traditional system I was in for mm -hmm. so long where I'm like, that might, how do they know that? that yeah, they can't exactly. know that a hundred percent, but I think people want answers because if they feel like they know, then they feel like they have some power over it. Like from mm -hmm. the patient perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I know what's wrong, mm -hmm. then maybe I have some sort of power. Like to say I'm not 100% sure, mm -hmm. people don't like that answer. Yeah, They want to know for sure what's going on with them and why. And they want to know for sure how they can fix it. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> what's the, the pill I need for this? Or what what's the exercise I need to do for this thing? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well... Yeah. It depends. Like well, that's like, I, I just say it constantly, but it depends. Um, and I do. I think I think people feel empowered by having an answer. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to shift that mindset to empowerment of understanding what we can and accepting that we can't understand everything. Yeah. Right. And I think the longer I work in this field, the more I understand my own limitations and 
accept that and I continue to try and learn and I continue to try and grow. Right, but that's all we can do. Yeah, it's this thing of like you come out of school pretty confident because you're like, man, I went to school for so long, I know all this stuff. And then you start to realize how much you don't know. Yeah. And or then all you, that stuff wasn't exactly what it was. Yeah, like people don't really look like a textbook patient. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so then you start to, yeah, I just think people, people want to know exactly what's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. And the ego thing is huge when it comes mm -hmm. to, I'm sure you see this in training as well. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what you need to do. Yeah. This is what's going on and this is going to fix it. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I, for me, if you have a therapist that's that, con or a practitioner that's that confident, they need to be confident to an extent. And like, how they're approaching your problem. But if yeah. you're like, I know it's this, yeah. and this is the one thing you need, you should probably run the other I direction. tell my clients, to say, if anyone tells you they're certain of something, they're lying to you. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, I will never tell you. I'll be like, I think this is it, but I could totally be wrong yeah. right now. Yeah, the yeah. longer I do this, the, I have way more questions than answers. Yeah. I always pretty much like describe in the first few visits, like this is what I'm thinking now. Mm -hmm. Like based mm -hmm. off of everything that we're finding, this is kind of like my working, you know, theory of yeah. how this yeah. is all like presenting. But it usually almost always changes. Oh yeah. Not yeah. in like a completely different way, but there's always something else that you find. There's always something like, oh, I thought this was going to be beneficial, but actually it's not. So we need to go this way. Yeah. Like there's it. There, it's always changing. Mm -hmm. And to be so like blinded and only approach it in one specific way and not look at anything else is just kind of, it's like just. It's a disservice to people, yeah. I guess. Yeah. How much time do you feel like you need to spend with a patient to get to know them generally enough to pretty, to, to not to like figure them out necessarily, but to kind of like diagnose what's going on and then, and then figure out treatment. But I know if there's like a general, like, like for me, like usually, like let's say I have a client once a week, it's like usually a month to six weeks. Mm -hmm. I finally at least have the general sure. picture of their, of their yeah. body and their movement. Yeah. And, but it takes me that long. It takes yeah. me four to six sessions yeah. to be like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. 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 I mean, so I do longer evals. So I do 75 minute evals. Oh, okay. Just because pelvic health, there's like, you're looking at everything. Yeah. Like you have the internal part, if that's appropriate for them. Mm -hmm. And you have everything else that may or may not be kind of involved. And so usually I kind of try to, um, based off of what they're saying and everything, I kind of try to prioritize what I look at in the first one, but I'm always moving, like I'm still looking at stuff in the second, third, maybe sometimes even fourth. Like yeah. you're just always looking at stuff. So usually I have a pretty good idea where I want to go and where we want to go with the, like the planet care in the first to second one, mm -hmm. sometimes it's longer. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes yeah. it changes after yeah. you start plan A and you go, well, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it depends because we'll have people who come in and if they've been dealing with a problem for a while, sometimes mm -hmm. they give us really good information. Like, mm -hmm. I've tried this, I've tried that, I've done. Yeah. So it, it sort of depends. Like, if someone comes in within a few days of a problem starting, mm -hmm. then there's a little more problem solving that goes into mm -hmm. it. But sometimes people have done, whether they realize it or not, some problem solving on their own. Mm -hmm. So from our perspective if we can sit back and just let that person talk in that first visit a lot of times they you can go ahead and start checking some things off your list mm -hmm. just based on what they're telling you yeah so getting the person's full story what they've tried what they haven't how this started like mm -hmm. honestly most and I think a lot of therapists realize this when they had to shut their offices down short term during COVID mm -hmm. um, and they started doing telehealth how important that subjective portion mm -hmm. is like I think 
those therapists who are still in that like post-grad mm -hmm. high where they think they know everything they want to jump right to that yeah. objective because mm -hmm. they're you know they hear the patients say one or two things and they're like i know what this is i'm going to do this test this test and that test whereas if you just sit back mm -hmm. and just let that person tell you you can really start to come up with your plan before you ever even watch them move yeah yeah. yeah, I feel like I spend at least thirty minutes yeah. on this objective, just like just talking everything yeah. at least. Like, it's never less than that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure like figuring out how they perceive their situation yeah. then helps you figure out how they're going to perceive your treatment for them. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. And I've also like so kind of going back to just like if they've already done some of that problem solving and already know like what works for them and everything too. I've had a lot of people or a few people recently who have like tried pelvic PT before and they came in and they're like, this worked, this didn't work, but we're still missing like this little piece. And those types of like scenarios, um, you get to know a little bit faster mm -hmm. just because they already had that past experience and they've had things that worked and didn't work. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah. we know what to avoid and oh, we know kind of like the way to go. Yeah. So yeah, like if they've had previous experience that it kind of makes it a little bit more efficient too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I made a mental note when you mentioned icing because then that's oh. I wanted to talk, <laughs> you about, talk that about that too. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you were talking about it's saying like, okay, let's not try and ice that as mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of where I'm at too with yeah. telling people how to take care of their injuries. Sure. For for me, um, I pretty much tell everyone like, unless the inflammation's so bad that you are losing range of motion that you need in that moment, yeah. or the pain is so bad that you need to just get through it in that moment, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm kind of just like, let that be inflamed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what, what you guys, your research and what your philosophies are on that, but I feel like the general trend is finally moving away from yeah. icing everything right, right away. Yeah, I know when I was in school, it was just like heat if you're, you know, mm -hmm. tight or whatever, and ice if you're inflamed, and ice immediately following an injury. and. Um, similarly, I tell people, I'm like, if it feels good, mm -hmm. I don't think it's do really doing enough yeah. to like, harm or help mm -hmm. greatly in one way or another yeah i always at the end of the day like my decisions are all based on what does your nervous system say okay. does it feel good to you mm -hmm. fine yeah um i don't think that you're probably like reducing the inflammation so much that it's not healing anymore right. okay again i think evidence like on that and i haven't done a ton of i haven't yeah. done like a research project but um we don't have ice here. I don't ice people at the end yeah. of our sessions. Like yeah. that's not something that we do. I basically tell people if it feels good to you, fine. I wouldn't do a ton of it, mm -hmm. but you also don't need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my general stance. Same thing with heat. If it feels good, use some heat. Yeah. Do it for 10 to 15 minutes at the most and then, you know, leave it alone. But yeah, I think more so, um, I want to learn a little more about this, but I think a lot of therapists are starting to lean towards like more like lymphatic massage mm -hmm. and like finding those um, lymph points to try and get that fluid moving better that way. Yeah. Um, and then even just some compression. But yeah, the whole rice thing is kind of dead at this yeah. point. Yeah, I, the, the new one is meat. I can't remember. It's like movement <laughs> yeah. something. There's a fancy term for pain yeah. management. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so it's not, I mean, it's not something I like greatly encourage people to do but i also am not like don't ever use ice it's yeah. terrible like if it feels good to you whatever and still like there are situations like post-op knee replacement like mm -hmm. use your ice that's too much inflammation yeah. mm -hmm. so and it's you're not going to be able to get that range of motion back if you're not doing some ice and compression to get mm -hmm. some of that out so there are still certain situations in my opinion where it's appropriate yeah. but a general like you roll your ankle and it's not really 
even really visible right. swelling. You you know. Yeah. Well, that inflammation's become a buzzword too yes. now in the health field, and it's like, when what is good inflammation? What is bad inflammation? Like, it, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, that's one of our body's healing processes sure. to send blood and carry all yeah. the nutrients and stuff to the trauma area. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where me coming from. I always was wondering, like, well, why are we I, why are we slowing that down mm -hmm. then? Which yeah. I, I I'm sure there's plenty of times, like you said, after surgery, where right. we're, like that response is over yeah. overrun. Mm -hmm. I mean, people have all sorts of other responses that over autoimmune issues. That's an over response of our right. immune system, things like yeah. that. So that's yeah, that's a good point. I never really thought. I always just kind of been poo pooing ice lately. Like yeah. I don't tell people never. Like I said, yeah. Good, but yeah, yeah. I'd be I'd be curious to see like how effective or how much it really changes your blood flow. Right, yeah. yeah. I don't know what they teach you in school. So I was just with the blood flow because I hear that a lot and I agree. Yeah. But I think there's also other benefits to ice than just blood flow. Okay. So it's not just all about like decreasing blood flow, mm -hmm. anything or increasing anything like that. Ice also slows down the nerve conduction velocity. Mm. So if you have pain, mm -hmm. or like my people with like vulvodynia or like pudendal neuralgia, where those nerves are painful, like they're causing the pain, yeah. and icing it can actually help them. Okay. And heating that might not. Yeah. So it goes back yeah. to also like if it feels good, cool. Yeah. Like just do it. it. Yeah. It might not be an inflammation issue. You mm. can still ice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it just goes back to our general philosophy of it depends, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like there are definitely certain situations where like if a patient comes in, they're like, well, if I ice before I go to bed, I sleep through the night. Mm -hmm. Well, then ice before you right. go to bed because you yeah. got to sleep, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not so worried about what we're doing to the, you know, inflammatory process or whatever. Right. Like you have to figure out what the priorities are with that individual and what their response is. And then that's yeah. where you make your recommendation. Yeah. And if we're adding movement, they're getting that blood flow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not like ice only lasts like 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. Not like cutting off blood flow and they're not getting any. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, they're still getting that. It's just like trying to break that pain cycle. Mm -hmm. that yeah. You sometimes have to be more concerned with. Yeah. But letting people know like you don't have to do it. If, right. If that's a stipulation. Yeah. Like, oh, you better get some ice on like right yeah. away. Like, go no. Do, yeah. yeah. No, no. Yeah. 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 I like that. So with your, with your, uh, it depends philosophy, <laughs> do you guys run into like any, I don't want to say issues, but like, do you throw your clients off with that a lot? Or do you, like, <laughs> do you have people being like the people that are like sitting here thinking they're going to get the straight answer and then all of a sudden they're mm -hmm. like, oh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like people appreciate yeah. the honesty and the individualized care. Yeah. Like they feel like you're actually talking to them and not just giving them like, okay, here's my standard back protocol, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, like. You, when you really explain to someone, here's what I'm seeing with you. Mm -hmm. um, and I do the same thing where sometimes I'll say like, this is where I think we're at. These are the things I think we're gonna do that could change. Mm -hmm. um, I think people appreciate that honesty. Yeah. I've never oh, really yeah. had anyone who was like, so you don't know what's going on with me? No. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you get that or not. No. Yeah. I think most people, like I said, I think they've probably, and a lot of times people who end up in our office have been somewhere else before and have been given these straight answers that were just proven. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so they're more like, they'd rather hear, hey, we're gonna work through this thing, whatever this thing is, we don't really need to label it, but let's just figure it out mm -hmm. and work together. And they'd rather take that route than just be told, it's this and you need to do these three exercises. Yeah. Because they've already been there. Yeah. Yeah. I've had some people where they get 
frustrated, but it's never at me. Mm -hmm. It's at the situation. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. because they've been going through so much that they, this usually pelvic PT is probably like a last resort because mm -hmm. just not a lot of people are aware of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they found this and they're like, oh, this has to be it. And then we maybe don't have the answers that they want just yet. Like again, it can go down that road. We don't know yet, yeah. but they get a little frustrated about it. Um, I think that's just a normal response. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I've, I've never had anyone be like, "You don't know" or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, they're just like, "Okay, we'll, question your credentials." We'll try it. We'll work it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If they did. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You're, I know, I know. You, you guys are fine. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, all right, sure. Right, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But that's good. I'm glad that at least it's it's not a. I, I don't find difficulty either, but I'm just curious of people in other fields just because so many people that I meet outside are like that type of, I want this. Yeah. I want someone to tell me what to do exactly. Right. So, yeah. if you run into any issues with and that. And we do try and give them, even if we're not like, we 100% know all the things involved in this, like we try and give them very specific directions when yeah. they leave here. Definitely. So they have few things they're supposed to work on they know how many times a day they're supposed to do them they know what the purpose of those things are so we do give very specific mm -hmm. guidelines so I think that is more empowering than like having a you know a name to put to what's going on mm -hmm. if that makes sense absolutely yeah so with with this space here what all do you both and I know it'll be a little different to, for each of you but like mm -hmm. What all do you do in here with your people? Like, what do you use that rack for? What do you use those medicine mm -hmm. balls for? Mm -hmm. I know there's a ton of it, but just some yeah. general examples. Yeah, sure. So I use a lot of the private room. Yeah, I'm sure for <laughs> just you. Just because like yeah. the nature of everything. Yeah. But I definitely have like lifters and runners and all these different like types of people who do different types of activities where mm -hmm. we use the, the rig and we use the treadmill and all that stuff. Um, just to really kind of how she said before, like see what is happening when they're actually under the load mm -hmm. where things are going on outside of PT. Yeah. So like I had a patient who literally they didn't have any back pain until they hit 150 pounds on a back squat. I'm like, well, perfect. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we have 155 pounds. So yeah. Yeah. So, and we were able to like identify what was going on. Yeah. What did you, what'd you yeah. end up finding? If so you it was remember. just like their posture during lifting. So when they were going down, I think like where the barbell was, mm -hmm. we moved it down a little bit so that they could have more core stability okay. and it helped. And like, was that, did they made did they change posture because of the weight like they created compensation yeah. at that weight so yeah. they were fine before and then okay right yeah. right and so we just moved the barbell down a little bit um and like just changed kind of where they were yeah in space while they were yeah that's stuff i yeah. we talked earlier about it's just that extra load provides more feedback and mm -hmm. yeah i don't think people realize how much your body goes under extra load in a day like even even like something going downstairs like the right. impact on my knee even though i'm not going that fast mm -hmm. that's a greater load on my knee than just walking around normal flat and yeah. everything like that and it's like posture how do you yeah simulate that in an environment so you can check that yeah yeah versus just lying right. on a table and being yeah. like moving this around like well that's right. that's great and all but what happened like i've had this before where i had a knee injury and i remember someone put me through a bunch of tests but i was on the table and i was like i mean all that feels fine but the minute i go take a step that hurts mm -hmm. and yeah. that's when it bothers me yeah 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 so that was one of the things too is i wanted to make sure it's one of the things we were missing in our old location was having a treadmill mm -hmm. because when you actually get to watch someone so um I'll take video of people and I'll do like a slow-mo video. Yeah. You can see so much more mm -hmm. that way. So whether they're walking or they're running, 
we can see their mechanics a little bit better and mm -hmm. kind of break down where, okay, you know, do you see this thing happening and that thing? And that visual feedback is very helpful for them and that can tune us into to a little more of what's going on. You know, and the other great thing about the the rig is like we can tie bands to it and teach mm -hmm. people how to do hip mobility yeah um you know using a band we can do pull like ups. Yeah, yeah pull ups yeah. core stability exercises yeah. like we see people who are wanting to do these higher level exercises and activities um but even our people who are just like hey i go to group classes and mm -hmm. but it hurts when i go up and down the stairs well great i've got a couple different types of steps they're different yeah. sizes so we can work on that and we really want to create um exercises they can do at home so yeah, I want to observe them under the barbell if that's where they're having trouble, but in mm -hmm. terms of like what we're going to give them that they can do, I want them to be able to do that pretty much anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a lot of that conversation the first day too, especially now people have more equipment at home than they used to, which is well, nice. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so that's one of my first like conversations on the first day is like, so what do you, what do you normally do? What's your regular exercise routine activities what do you like to do and then like what do you have access to mm -hmm. um on a regular basis and if you know maybe they're just going to the gym a couple of days a week all right when you're at the gym do these things in your warm-up when you're at home do these exercises mm -hmm. so we try and work with people in that way too mm -hmm. um but yeah start on the table do our manual work mm -hmm. get them moving well you know without gravity really affecting them but yeah. we want to as quick as we can get them up because that's where they are all day. Have to right? exist in yeah, the most world people are just laying yeah. around on their backs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some people. Yeah, yeah, some maybe. But <laughs> most of the people yeah. we see are not. Yeah, yeah. most of the ones that come to you. Um, so with with this whole new setup and everything, is there is there a plan next or right now are, are we are we just settling in and like seeing, okay, well let's just see where this is going. Yeah, I mean I think there's always a next plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so right now we are kind of getting settled into the neighborhood a little bit too. Like okay. meeting the people around the neighborhood, seeing how we can maybe collaborate with some of the other businesses around yeah. here. Um, there's always more equipment I'm gonna want. So like we're pretty well set up right now, but I've got some ideas of some other things that mm -hmm. I wanna get. Um, I think I mentioned like getting a new table for out here yeah. that goes up and down like the one we have in the private treatment room. Um, continuing to educate, I know that's been a huge thing and we've kind of talked about this. So mm -hmm. Tyler and I ended up splitting off to doing like our own Instagram account so mm -hmm. that she could really, really focus on that pelvic health education. Mm -hmm. And then I still do all the orthopedic education. Um, so we've really been trying to still educate that way and I think now we just had our first workshop here this mm -hmm. past Saturday Which was awesome. Yeah, to like have people in our space. Oh, yeah, this, yeah there's um, plenty of room to actually host your own yeah, 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 so we had um, we actually did two workshops back-to-back -back so we could keep the numbers limited but mm -hmm. get I think we had what like 14 or 15 people who so, came yeah, through um, yeah, and so and Tyler led a core and pelvic floor workshop. So that was really cool. So continuing to hopefully have some events like that now that people are starting to go out again and um, yeah, you know. So we've got some ideas for um, some collaborations and some events. I'm hoping to do like a workshop maybe here again in May, some sort of like hip mobility thing. So yeah. we try and like poll people on what they want to see more of and yeah. try and do that. So. Um, continuing to educate, doing some group stuff, and then also, um, you know, there's some other people I've talked to about potentially doing some stuff in the space. I'm just very particular about it aligning with, like, what we do and mm -hmm. our beliefs and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So um, we've got some cool things, I think, in the works, 
we just have some stuff to nail down. But yeah, before it's official. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. How was how was moving in the process during? Was it more beneficial or was it create more hassle during all the the COVID stuff? Um, I mean, you're kind of at the tail end, I guess. Yeah, after it, it really was all. I think it probably would have been just as chaotic either yeah. way. Yeah. Um, I think the challenge was that we were both still treating mm -hmm. while we were trying to move. Mm -hmm. And so there were some things like we couldn't really, we basically the last week just had like the one office mm -hmm. open. So there were a couple weekends, thank God for my in-laws and my parents <laughs> who came and watched our son. Cause yeah. now he's at the age, like he walks and yeah, he's all over have, the place. So yeah, we had to have childcare so my husband could come help. Um, but you know a lot of the stuff that's here we bought for this space it was mostly our like treatment supplies mm -hmm. and like our plants that are out here mm -hmm. um that was a little bit complicated on trying to get that stuff moved over but it ended up working out okay yeah um and i don't really think covid ended up being too big of a deal in the move no um, that's good yeah yeah we were kind of like you said on the tail end of things really being shut down from like the holiday spike so yeah. i asked didn't know like had weird like health department rules or stuff they had to no. check out the space or what no actually we didn't have of any that. of that yeah, yeah right no we actually didn't have any of that it was more like the other thing is here like in our old offices we would have people park and text us when they got there mm. and we tell them to come in but i didn't want to do that here because people have to pay for pay for parking it's a little bit of a different setup being in the middle of Hyde Park Square yeah so um i just asked everyone and, but now we also have a waiting area yeah and it's not like we we would never have more than like each of us having one patient yeah. um so it's not like there's a ton of traffic and like hold up in here so um i just asked everyone just to wait until five minutes before their appointment to come in yeah. you know just to make sure we don't have a ton of people yeah. so we did have to figure out like what are our precautions that we're taking mm -hmm. um but otherwise no there wasn't any weird like rules that mm -hmm. yeah. are you doing any like online do you have to do any virtual stuff did that or did you during we this whole did. thing we did was so before tyler came on mm -hmm. um like when covid very first started mm -hmm. i did telehealth for a couple months okay. um and then went back into the office once like things had settled down at least a little bit yeah you know we knew it was okay for like those appointments so um I don't know you've probably only done like a couple Two telehealth times. yeah okay yeah, yeah. and i it's haven't not. done one in a very long time yeah. most of our people yeah. come in person yeah. how much do you feel like you lose through that like as far as your ability to treat and care i don't love it i don't yeah. like it I yeah and it's what's funny is <laughs> that like, there are some pts like who love doing the telehealth visits mm -hmm. and they maybe they weren't a very like manual therapist i think both of us mm -hmm. are pretty hands-on like i like to feel i can feel a lot better than i can see that's mm -hmm. just where my strength is yeah. not that i don't observe things but i just feel much better than i see absolutely um that's kind of where my strength is mm -hmm. so i don't love telehealth because yeah. of that. i'm the same exact way yeah. yeah i really like the whole education part of it mm -hmm. but i mean i did an eval over telehealth and it literally was like 45 minutes and it, part of it was because, like, the person that I was seeing was very in tune, so they, like, really knew their story. Mm -hmm. We didn't have to do a lot of digging, but in, like, the education that I was, like, giving them wasn't really, like, in-depth. Like, it just wasn't a complex type of issue. Yeah. And so I was just kind of like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like there's only just so much that you can do. Yeah. Especially since, like she said, what we do mostly is manual and hands-on and... I feel like if I'm just looking, I'm guessing. And you know? if you don't have someone who's that in tune. Yeah, you know, right. How yeah. much do you feel like people in general are aware of their bodies? 
it's really interesting because I think the spectrum is huge and yeah. there yeah. is a point of over awareness mm -hmm. yeah like there and a lot of times it's my like trainers and Pilates instructors mm -hmm. and people who are in the movement space mm -hmm. they're like well when I move this way I feel this pull thing here and I'm yeah. like it's almost like they have too much body awareness to where they're analyzing things that probably aren't really I don't want to say they don't matter but they're probably not really affecting mm -hmm. the issue at hand mm -hmm. yeah. whereas then you have other people who are like I don't know you know they have no yeah. idea so um that is an interesting question but it's yeah. a very wide range yeah super yeah I always yeah. wonder because I feel like I don't know if it's because of the clientele like or because it's people seeking help yeah but I just like I've what I experience is a very lack of awareness yeah, but again so that sure. could just be because that's who's coming to me is yes. people who are like I don't know what to do with this I need you to tell me how to do yeah. this yeah. yeah yeah and I think that's a really good point I think that there are definitely people who come in here that I'm like well this is why you have this issue because we don't even know where this muscle is or mm -hmm. this thing doesn't move at all right um so that's kind of one fun side of it but then there's another side of when you have to tell someone like you got to let all that go yeah. mm -hmm. you're noticing every little like thing in your body yeah um so let's go let's zoom out a little bit right? i was curious if you ever ever have anyone where you kind of tell them like it, for lack of a better word it's this isn't a big deal and you just shouldn't be concerned with yeah. what's going on yeah, like sometimes. it's okay to not necessarily be 100 percent feeling yes. all the time yes yeah. yeah 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 and i think i have that conversation with a lot of my patients too where like you can tell someone's getting better, like they're stronger and like you can tell they're moving better and they're like, I still have this pain mm -hmm. and you have to sort of dig in on like, okay, just because you're not 100% better, mm -hmm. are you really 0% better, right? Like right. where are you at now? Well, I guess I don't get this thing as often. It's mm -hmm. not as severe. Okay, then we're moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to like make people more aware mm -hmm. of their symptoms and how often they're having it how severe it is because especially with chronic pain a lot of times those people you might not get them to 100 percent pain free right but if you can get them to a point where it's way more manageable and they're barely even noticing it mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. a huge improvement right yeah. so um yeah sometimes you have to just get people to zoom out a little bit and look at that whole picture and not just well i still feel this thing yeah mm -hmm. And realize everything's just gonna take time. Oh my gosh, time. Like it's yes. whether you choose, either you can choose to take the time to heal and do it things on your own, or yeah, maybe you go get the quick fix thing, but you're yeah. over the long run, you're just delaying. It's just gonna continue to yeah. come back. Yeah. And it's gonna take more time. Right, yeah. yes. And we have that conversation a lot too. That like this is not a quick fix. Strength takes time. Yes. I mean, you don't, and we have to explain that to people where mm -hmm. I think from a PT perspective, they expect to, and I want them to always feel better, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, some sort of feeling better when they walk out this door compared to when they walked in. Mm -hmm. But you know you're not gonna squat 100 pounds one day and the next time you go in squat 150 right, right. Like, there's a process to get up to that so it's the same thing here mm -hmm. you're not gonna go from no pain or you know severe pain and not being able to do this exercise to the next time you know getting back under the barbell like mm -hmm. it, it's yeah. a process and it takes time and um, you have to commit to that and mm -hmm. it, it's not going to be a week or a day it's right gonna be it's, it's a couple a months yeah. yeah and it depends the longer you've had this thing going on mm -hmm. the longer it's probably going to take to feel better yeah 
and that's okay. And I think having that conversation and letting them know that's normal, that's okay, mm-hmm. is also helpful. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of the education stuff mm-hmm. you're talking yeah. about that you preach. Right. Do you guys do any like just, I see a lot on Instagram, you guys give a lot of outward education mm-hmm. and, and then through your workshops, is there any other medium that you guys typically, well you you do a podcast yes. as well. Where yeah, so I just recently started a podcast with uh, my friend Evie who owns Holistically Restored. So mm-hmm. she is a um, women's health coach does hormone, thyroid, um, gut health, that sort of thing. And so she and I kind of teamed up, um, you know, I was telling you this before we were recording, we have very similar philosophies in terms of treating people as whole individuals and Mm -hmm. not just looking at our, you know, specific thing. Like I'm not just looking at their shoulder. I'm talking to them about what else is going on in their life, how they're stressed Mm -hmm. and sleeping and whatever. Um, and she's very similar in her approach to her clients. So we, in our podcast um so we had tyler on to talk Mm -hmm. about pelvic health so we had one of those episodes um and she's going to come back probably once a month over the next few Mm -hmm. months and do more specific um like our next one's going to be Mm pre-postnatal so talking specifically about pelvic health for that population yeah and then we'll do an episode where it's specifically about men's pelvic Mm -hmm. health Mm -hmm. and kind of diving into that a little bit because just don't no one know. talks about right that, yeah like i yeah. mean i know it's rare for women but it's probably like it's i more rare. yeah yes. like, yeah guys don't want guys don't want to talk about that. <laughs> right yeah. exactly yeah. so so you know bringing education that way and then we've also done you know we've had a few guests on we've done an episode on strength training specifically for women and the benefits of that yeah um so we're trying to dive into i mean really the podcast is targeted more towards women and we're talking mm-hmm. specifically about like women's health issues but i mean i think anybody could benefit from listening Mm -hmm. to a lot of those episodes and you know i think if we can get women to listen to the episode about Mm -hmm. the men's pelvic health then you know whoever in their life might be experiencing that they can share that information with absolutely i I like trying to i've been i've been trying to push myself actually my last interview was a lady who does yoga for women's sexual health i just started listening Mm -hmm. to that one yes i've been trying to because i've been thinking a lot about like how much it is like men we're different in a lot of ways and yes. it's like there's there's no way I can fully 100% understand what it's like to be a woman right. but it's like and vice versa and it's like mm-hmm. we don't spend enough time trying to learn that and it's no. like yeah. now I want to yeah. learn what as close as I can to like okay well what is that experience like for you right. in all ways and so then I can understand outwardly mm-hmm. what it is and yeah. and I think it helps too is me being a guy like if okay if I, a girl knew about what the pelvic sexual health was for mm-hmm. male or whatever yeah. or anything like if they know where I'm coming from more, yes. mm-hmm. then that makes me more comfortable, more at ease. Exactly, and, yeah. definitely, yeah. exactly. Definitely. So yeah, so we've been doing the podcast. We've got all the Instagram posts. Do some blog posts, which mm-hmm. I, I post on our website, and then you've done some guest blog posts too. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a sex therapist in Cincinnati, Emishmit. Mm-hmm. So I've done some guest um, blog posts for oh, her. Right yeah, she's just awesome. kind of like she's amazing. Just kind of educating on like pelvic health PT because there's kind of an overlap with who can benefit from seeing a sex therapist and yeah. who can benefit from seeing a pelvic floor BT. Well, absolutely. Because there's so much, just like, I know we talked a little bit about on the first um, episode where mm-hmm. I came on, that there's that kind of like stress response with the pelvic floor and just like, especially with just the whole nervous system, like there's yeah. this huge connection. And so it's really important for a lot of people to not only kind of focus on the physical part, but you also need to address the emotional, mental part as well. Yeah. Like it's just this whole cycle that mm-hmm. if you only look at one thing, you're not going to 
you know address everything yeah you're maybe only fixing one part of thing and right. that's, yeah you're not yeah. doing the whole job yeah. yeah so emma is like very very knowledgeable on the anatomy and like how everything actually works so mm -hmm. she's someone who's really good to kind of bridge that gap between not just emotional and mental health but also really bringing it back to what's going on physically yeah so it's a great like partnership she's mm -hmm. awesome yeah yeah so what are what are you two and before we wrap this up what are, is going on personally in your guys lives that you have anything new and exciting are you still doing the rock climbing yes i still am doing that yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah still adventuring yes yeah um Oh, I'm gonna get scuba certified All right. this summer. Yeah, so nice. another a little hobby. <laughs> here somewhere here? Where do, um, when you so dive in here? West Virginia. Oh, okay. There's like this big lake. It's called Summersville Lake. And yeah. It's like 300 feet deep. So we're gonna get scuba certified. That's Very exciting. That's awesome. <laughs> and what about you? You got enough free time with the young one, or um, does that take up? <laughs> I mean, I know you so, do a lot here too. So yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I basically like worked on this space nonstop for yeah. two months, but um. So on a much less exciting note, we started swim <laughs> lessons. Oh heck yeah! Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. No, scuba diving, toddler swim lessons. Kind Why of the same. Oh okay, for your son. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like, I was like, are you retaking? Like you learned? No, to be not for me. Swimmer. Not oh, okay. for me. For Russell. So he's learning how to swim. And actually, it was really fun because we went two weeks ago the first time, and of course he cried when we first got in because he's like, "What are you doing to me?" Yeah. Um, but then he, you know, there were toys, so he got going. But it was really cool because this week I could kind of see that carryover, mm. like he. Was starting to recognize like they teach him how to get out of the pool and he was excited to jump back in and so it was fun to kind of see so we're gonna do that i really want to get him into gymnastics once oh, yeah. he's just a little bit older he's such a climber that's awesome. all over everything mm -hmm. um and so i think i want to wait till he's about two just so he can kind of follow some directions and stuff yeah not really follow directions but right now it's we literally just chase him around our house that's all we do um so the swimming is a little more controlled yeah uh but i'm hoping that we're doing about six months of swim lessons and then i'm hoping after that we can start to transition to do some gymnastics right on. so that's the exciting cool thing would you take any of yourself will you gymnastics do, yeah, will you do any? <laughs> no so i Mom grew up class. you know we we tried pretty much everything when i was a kid like yeah. we played all the sports but my I figure skated oh, okay. and so I did a lot of that which my mom was like you got to choose you can either start gymnastics or you can keep skating because mm -hmm. it was too expensive to do both right. I was like oh yes I'll just keep skating so you know you got to pick and choose those things so right. no but I think he will love it because he's a wild man and I love the like body awareness side of it oh, so um, I think it'll be really good for him well, right on. Um, I'm very impressed with the space that Thank you guys you. have. This is really, Appreciate really cool. That. I like, I, of course, I like all the stuff that you guys do in your approach to yeah. health and, and fitness and the body in general. Um, I appreciate you sitting down with me again to catch up. This was nice. And, yeah, thank you. Um, I'm not injured, but one of these days I'd like to come by maybe and see and <laughs> yeah. see what just like I get a feel for. I've never had like a PT with the movement base. And yeah, get a, get a feel yeah. for that. So if something goes wrong, I'll be calling you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But uh, why don't you tell people where to find you on social media or anything like that before we get off the mic here? Yeah. So mine is just ak underscore pelvic underscore health 
underscore DPT. It's the very yes. complicated one. Yeah. <laughs> and I am just at Absolute Kinetics PT. Um, and then our podcast is the Health in Motion podcast. And Jake will be joining us here yes. in a few weeks. So true. everybody yeah. will have to look out for that episode. I'm excited, I'm excited to too, yeah. flip the thing here and we get to interview you. <laughs> this will be, yeah, I've been on one other one one time, but mostly it's been mine working yeah. with. So it'll be fun trying to play the other side yes, of the card absolutely. here. Absolutely. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. And you know where to find me. Have a good one.